Hi, everyone. Dr. Maria Sampalis. Thank you for watching the Reframing Eye Care podcast. Our ghost, our guest today is Dr. Rob Keffler. Uh, thank you for coming on the on the podcast today. Hey, I appreciate you uh, having me all the way in different countries, but here we are. I'm excited. Yeah, it's uh, great to have you. Uh, he comes from Ontario, Canada, and uh, a optometry degree from uh, Illinois College of Optometry in 2013 and got his MBA last year. So I wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about that and give us some business uh, information because I know a lot of optometrists do not have that information. And, and I thought, who better to have on than someone that you know recently com- uh, completed an MBA, uh, has volunteered across the country, has been serving at Alberta College of Optometry Council for seven years, and then one year as president, um, consults, speaks in the industry, uh, you know, um, recently had a baby in twenty uh, in, uh, in July of uh, 2022, which is actually a um, very cute baby if you follow him on his Instagram channel. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. Hey, I love you that you're doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, shedding just a spotlight on something different maybe than uh, getting us out of the, the clinical exam, uh, out of those dark rooms that we have. So I appreciate this. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're making waves in the industry. You speak on on, on business. And I, I just recently listened to one of your lectures yesterday on, on, on AOE, um, uh, on negotiations, that I thought was very well done. And, you know, now I know that you're putting together this, this platform of education for, for doctors, for clinics, for their clinics, for staff, give us a little bit of insight on that and, and how you started it. Yeah, we uh, yes, we were we were speaking back to back yesterday, which was great. So, you know, I'm excited for this. If if I have a chance to talk about uh, teaching and watching light bulbs go off, especially with team members, that eventually leads to more uh, patient efficiency. And let's be honest, that leads to better bottom dollars. Right. Uh, So I get excited when it comes to stuff like this. So what I've decided to do is that I've decided to create my own um, just staff onboarding course. And this is going to be completely different than really what's out there. So one thing I really believe is that an entire team needs support. It's not just from the doctor that's trying to do everything. Uh, Managers, owners, they just need to find uh, their time to to take care of the business or see patients. So this online, um, online platform, it is going to be digitally based, all video based, really tangible for clinic, like real life scenarios instead of just trying to read it through a textbook or maybe have an onboarding um, just manual that I'm watching our current staff, even in our own clinic, go through almost a like hundred pages of trying to read through different how to do the tests and, and how to do that. At least for me, I learned by seeing or doing. So that's the hope is really just to tie in our day-to-day interactions with patients, tie in some of the equipment that we're using, and then really just discuss improved communication levels so that when a new staff joins a clinic, those owners and those managers know, okay, we know that that new staff has this perfect foundational knowledge. Now we can go ahead and, and discuss the nuances of just our clinic and our processes that we have in our clinic. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be some nice, uh, refreshing information out there for the industry and, and some different perspective. I think I think that's great than, than what we have currently. How does investing in, in staff training directly impact patient outcomes and overall success in, in, in your clinic, do you think? Uh, it's, you know, what when I see when, when I think anyone could agree when when you suddenly see a team member 
start to just understand more than just this, clicking a button, I'm clicking the autorefractor, I'm clicking just the retinal image, and that's it. When you really start seeing them know or just get intrigued beyond what just happens when they do that, that's when you start seeing, okay, now they're more aware of the tests that need to be done. Now they're more aware of how to discuss maybe those uninsured um, things that we do, like, say, our dry eye treatments, aesthetics. I know you had mentioned in your lecture certain, something you're getting in more into your clinic, from even retinal images to myopia control, right? The list goes on, specialty contact lenses. When you start to see those staff just want to know more than what they just did for clicking a button, it translates into just better discussions, more confidence, and just a boost for the overall clinic that way. It's amazing to watch. It's really fun to watch when it when all that starts to tie together all the way through. But I think it also gets them more engaged in your practice, right? Where it's not just the routine steps so that they, they're not looking to kind of leave, right? Once they know why they're there, why they're doing, and if they can take control of what the next step is and in, in, in like the pretest if you're behind, right? So to know that, hey, it's a high pressure, maybe the doctor wants me to start a visual field or take a photo or something like that. I think that's important too for, you know, training the staff too, to be, to own their own, to own the business. And, and you know what, a lot of, a lot of the weekend we, we spent speaking in an MBA in a weekend um, conference. And a lot of that discussion was about just team engagement and trying to retain, whether it's associate doctors or, or even staff, at least here in Canada, I'm not sure about you guys, but staffing is difficult these days. Uh, and so if you can find a way to engage your staff more than literally just clicking that button and saying, look, like maybe think of it more like the career for, for the staff, thinking it more like, look, you're, you're helping this patient along their entire journey instead of just that one little area. Again, I, I think you at least start building a better relationship with your staff that way as well. And then when you're coming back and asking for certain things, they understand why they understand why. And like you're saying, they can take just better steps themselves to take care of our patients. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little more on like how, like the robust training program can really contribute to positive, you know, culture and team dynamics, like you alluded to now. I mean, I, I think it's, this can be very important for just, you know, staff retention. Yeah. Just overall, when you, when you give the staff knowledge, and I can literally speak from my own experience in the, in the clinic, um, at least in the main clinic that I've been in, or even previous clinics as well, is that when, when you have, again, your team engaged, when they suddenly start coming to ask questions because, A, they realize that, hey, you're open to education. I think that's important is that us as doctors need to be um, forthright and, and saying, look, if you have questions, if you're intrigued, come and ask. So it opens just communication, I think, uh, channels, number one, just overall. Uh, and then you start seeing just different team members become interested in just, yeah, asking, okay, so I just took this image. I knew something was going on. Tell me more. Uh, and, and so you see a little bit more excitement of like, oh, wow, you know what? I just took this image or I just did this visual field. And wow, I just, I was involved in that patient's proper care and treatment and, and maybe even further discussions. Uh, so again, it's fun to watch your team 
get involved in more than um, just their, their specific position or, or just doing those tests for you? So one of the things too that I found out, even in my practices, you want to engage them. You want them to learn more. I say, learn how to do an extra skill. I'll give you more money, like, you know, to do that. And it feels that some staff learn faster than others. Any tips and tricks? And what if that just that staff member you've been trying to just doesn't get it and just can't multitask? And, you know, there's like my office manager, we're on the same page. Like we can kind of read each other's mind, what we need to do, what needs to get done. Um, and others who just, just, you just don't click for some reason. What, what's, what do you recommend on that? It's the golden question, right? We're always trying to find that, that most efficient way of doing it. What I find is that I, I guess, figure out why that's happening, right? I, I think why, and you're right. Look, some, some of us just may not be learning as fast as others. Uh, I think bringing staff into the exam room for me is is translated into even better knowledge or saying like, look, at the end of the day, we need the most time with the patient in terms of efficiency. So here are some specific tools watching the clock because they just may not be aware of what they're doing. So bringing that to their attention in a positive way is, you know, you have five minutes, eight minutes to do pre-testing. Just be aware of that clock. Uh, we also have more of team leads. Like I, th I think a lot of clinics will have is just team leads in certain departments. And if we're starting to see this, um, little bit of a lag, I suppose, in certain team members, those individuals just end up going a little bit back to basics in a sense. And again, coming back to this course, I appreciate you asking about that. This is the goal of, of this course is that it's like, staff can go back and have an exact resource to go back to. It's not our lectures I'm looking to do. I'm looking to do 10 to two to 10 minute videos, sections, different chapters, where it's, if we need a refresher on how to do color vision testing or um, certain tests, whatever it is, or, or how do I communicate better? How do how, we want to increase our retinal imaging capture rate as an uninsured uh, portion? Go back to this video, re-educate yourself, you're not spending an hour trying to flip through the different sections. Uh, and, and that's why I think just my last point would simply be this multimedia approach that not all of us just learn by being told. It's We might have to just get different perspectives that way. Excellent. Uh, what are some other ways like for that you've observed staff training initiatives like really coordinate to increase revenue and you know, overall clinic performance. I mean, I think as a team, we're all involved. I mean, you're only as good as your team members. I've always said this, and you could see more, if you see one more patient a day, that translates to bigger profits, bigger gross. But in order for you to do that without being burnt out, you have to have the right staff. Yeah, you're right. And and it and it does come down to that. It's, it, I, I think what ends up happening is if you can, if you have a team of, let's just say five people, if you start getting two or three of them really on that same page as you, you create a little bit of buzz, I find, and, and you start seeing other staff maybe just start to realize like, okay, they're more involved. Maybe I should be more involved as well, or they're doing this, they're understanding this. Uh, and I, I think it's just those open communications of um, allowing them, allowing them to make a mistake. So allowing them to make a mistake in the sense of 
empowering them with this idea like, look, if you're seeing something, if, if you're confident that we've done this enough, you know how this works, go ahead and, and do that test for me or, hey, this is what we want to do. And if they make a mistake, then sure, you have to re-educate, but um, allowing that that line a little bit instead of just always saying you've done things wrong, um, re-emphasizing the positive for your staff as well. Excellent. So what made you, what inspired you to start this course and, and, and want to, you know, do more for, you know, optometry and, and help, you know, these practices as well, have these resources, this come before the NBA, after the NBA, what came about with this? Yeah. You know, a couple of reasons behind it. So I've been, uh, I've been, I've been lecturing for about five years now. Uh, and I've had amazing relationships, at least with organizations here in Canada that are more directed towards staff training. And so every time I leave there, I see staff get excited to learn something new and different. I, I see that even staff that at least in the U S I know you guys have the para-optometric, um, programs, but here in Canada, we have, um, an equivalent but I'm still finding like a lot of those individuals and a lot of those staff that have this more textbook training, as I call it, still on a day-to-day clinical basis. I'm just finding gaps, admittedly, in 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 the in the current uh, programs that exist. Not saying that they're bad, because look, they have to be extremely structured. But pulling back for me, I'm I'm just finding different creative ways because I'm not tied to an organization and educational institute that absolutely needs to have a script this way. The other major thing for me is that this is going to be the start. Um, This is going to be the start of at least multiple courses, even helping out uh, doctors as well. But this is a proof of concept prototype um, that's going to get out there. And the biggest thing that I found is Yes, coming into an MBA, we were given modules as baseline learning. We were given a website and it was about accounting and um, uh, basic math, some economics in there. There were a couple others, I forget. There, there was about five different modules and just the style of teaching that they had, I thought was extremely clever and something that the medical system doesn't really do. We we like our hour lectures for some reason and that's what it gets accredited and, and, and so... We just, we don't seem to get out of that. And, and those are long and they don't allow us, they only allow us to scratch the surface. Um, so yeah, moving forward, the idea is after the MBA, just the knowledge that I've found, not everyone has two and a half years at working full time to dedicate to an MBA. So I'm looking to maybe bring some of that information, but also collaborate is a big thing for me. Uh, you go through an MBA, at least for me, I'm not claiming I'm any sort of business guru, but I think when you go through an MBA, you you realize bring people in that are smarter than you. We were, we were told, don't be the smartest one in the room. Cause if you are, then you've probably done something wrong. Bring You're in the wrong room. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You can relate. It's just uh, with all the things that you're doing as well It's just collaboration and, and working with different people. It's the best thing you can do. So I'm looking forward to more collaborations to build uh, and, and just bring a different model to our teaching and learning, um, but also bring different minds together um, to allow that to happen. So tell us when you expect like your your program to be done and, and for doctors, 
you know, how to, you said it'd be different ways to, to access that. What are some ways and, and to do this? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, I, you know what, I would say January, by the end of January, for sure, it will be out. Uh, just all the back end stuff too, that when you're doing this, it's when you're, when you're learning along the way, it's not only doing, building the content, you're, you're having to build a business, um, get that all registered. You're having to figure out the back end with the tech, the editing, all that good stuff, which is exciting. I love it. That's, you know what, for me, I'll always continue to be excited to learn, which is why I love teaching is that every, every time I, I get to teach, I learn. Um, and it's going to be on a, on a website. So it's not going to be, it's not going to be tied to a buying group. It's not going to be tied to anything that is just members only. It's, it is going to be a website, um, that anyone can access, which is nice that way. Uh, so it doesn't matter on if you're a part of a buying group, doesn't matter if, um, you're, you're independent, whoever it is, uh, it's going to be globally available. So that's where it'll be at website to be determined in terms of the actual name once I secure it. But yes, yeah, it will be out. I will be making lots of announcements on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram when, when it happens. Excellent. And for people that want to follow you on, on, um, you know, Instagram, what is your Instagram handle and any advice for young ODs that kind of want to be an entrepreneur like yourself? Well, I think you're you're probably even more suited to uh, answer that question than I am because I think I'm just starting my entrepreneurial journey. Which again, it, the the grind is fun. I think find your passion. To be honest, you know it, it sounds all cheesy, but during COVID, yeah, like during COVID, hey, there's lots of discussions on what COVID is all about. But I think if people step back, at least for me, I, I say COVID for me was actually a good thing. Good thing in the sense of it made me step back, and I think it made a lot of us step back and say. What drives us each day? Um, I love my clinical. I, I, I love the clinic. I, I love seeing patients. However, I've always been intrigued in the business side. I've always been interested in more just the tech and, and the creative side of things. So if you're a young OD and you have a passion even outside of the exam room, whether it's tying in eyes or not, go after it. Make something happen heck, contact me. Let's, let's make something happen together. Uh, I, you know, I just, I love being around. This is why I so appreciate connecting um, with people like you, Maria, is just, I love connecting with people that are doing something different, whether it's in their industry or not. Even when I get a chance to speak with patients doing that, it, it gets me excited, gets me motivated. And again, it's, it's surrounding yourself uh, with better people. In terms of the um, social media, well, I'd love to connect with people on uh, LinkedIn, but uh, Instagram is the big one for me. It's uh, I, Dr. C-E-Y-E-D-R, and then my last name, if you can uh, pronounce it or spell it, it's K-L-O-E is the start of the last name. Hopefully, I'll pop up there with my mugshot ready to rock. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey and the exciting stuff that you're coming out with. and. Hopefully when, when you do, you tag me so I can, uh, you know, share it in my network too. And, you know, happy to promote, you know, doctors coming out with new things that, cause it ultimately helps all of us in the industry. That's, that's what I'm excited for. You know what? I just think there's so much more that optometry has to give that we can offer and we're going to keep growing. And, and that's, that's exactly it. the community at the end of the day is the best. So thank you for including me in, um, in, in your podcast here and, I'm looking forward to keep watching you grow and grow and grow. You're, you're, you seem to be all over the place and doing lots of big things. So this, this is why it's fun connecting. Thank you. Thank you.